Hello, Marvelites! You are listening to This Week in Marvel, episode number 505, and I'm Ryan Panagos, a.k.a. Agent M. And I'm Lorraine Singh! Oh no, Lorraine, come back! <laughs> oh, okay, I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. Thank you. I flew far, far away, but now I'm here. Yes. We are here to tell you all about what's happening this week in Marvel that we are super excited about. We've got games to talk about, comics, movies, TV, so much. Lorraine, we've had a heat wave this week here. Oh. In New York, how and are you everywhere. holding up? Everywhere. You know, luckily, my office is in a basement, so I remain remarkably cool, although my upstairs is a 1,000 degrees. Um, upstairs, an oven. Downstairs, a refrigerator, which is the way I like it. So not so bad, but I, I do feel bad that, you know, folks across the country are having record highs. Uh. Um, how, how are you doing in your unair conditioned basement? I want the basement to be cooler, but it's it sits enough above ground where it it like is in this weird middle temperature. It's it's not great, but we live our lives. It's fine. Everybody's fine. Hi, how are you? Oh, um, boy. Yeah, we're doing okay. The baby, we bought her a little pool for the backyard, one of those inflatable oh. pools, and I put water in it this week for the when we we turned it on. She was so excited. She was like. In, pull, 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 in, swim, swim, swim. Mm. And it was so cold. She did not care. She went right in. She went, ooh, cold. And then just started splashing around. And she's like, dada, dada, sit, dada, in, dada, in, pool. <laughs> uh, but let's not talk about just pools. Let's also talk about a special birthday. Everybody, we hope you're going to celebrate Captain America's birthday on July 4th. Yes, of course. Just like he's a grand old flag, he was born on the 4th of July. <laughs> <laughs> which is American Independence Day. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of uh, Independence Days around the world fall around this time. So congrats, everybody who's celebrating their independence in the next few weeks. <laughs> yeah, put on some Beyonce, dance around. But let us go now talk about some MCU stuff. It's uh, There's a lot going on, Lorraine. Holy smokes. Well, first and foremost, we got a new episode of Marvel Studios Loki this week. I cannot believe it. We're already on episode four. We've got two more episodes to go. I'm really loving this Loki Loki team up. Yeah, it's I think four might be my favorite of the five that I've seen so far. Yeah, four is an wow. excellent, excellent episode. If you guys haven't watched it yet, be sure to go watch it right now, only on Disney+. Plus. And also, there's some really wonderful interviews on Marvel.com. There's a fabulous featurette with Sophia DiMartino, who plays Sylvie, a.k.a. the Loki variant on Marvel Studios Loki, as well as a bunch of other cool stuff. And of course, Marvel must-haves. Go to Marvel.com slash must-haves to see all the cool merch associated with the show that you can purchase. Ugh, there's so much cute stuff. I know. It's great. It's People are like, we want more merch. We're making more merch. Buy it all, please, and thank you. <laughs> uh, we also want you to buy all the stuff for Marvel Studios Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. I go to Target and I see they've had some of the figures mm -hmm. on the shelves, which makes me so happy. And, like Everybody should be buying Shang-Chi figures. Once they see the film, the Marvel Legends are out there. There's really cool Ten Rings wearables, like mm. the uh, role play items. Get them now. Trust me. In September, when Marvel Studios Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings hits theaters on September 3rd, you're going to be like, I'm glad I bought these toys now because they may not be around. People yeah. are going to be snatching them up. Get them, get them, get them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, the first official trailer is out. The trailer really like shows off 
so much cool stuff in the film. If you haven't watched the trailer yet, go watch it on Marvel.com. It's awesome. I'm really excited for this to come out in September. And and like, look, even closer is the release of Marvel Studios Black Widow, which is, I cannot believe I'm saying this, one week away from release. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this past week, we had an awesome world premiere fan event that happened in Sydney, Australia, in London, England, uh, New York, New England. York, England, as they say, where British Kitty in the City is from. And then, of course, here in New York City and also in Los Angeles. And it was just all about the fans. I got to be there for the New York fan event which was really really cool david harbour was there just a big huge crazy party and how exciting for everybody to get to experience this film on the big screen you know we've been waiting for it a long time we've been good kids and we deserve this we've earned it you sure did everybody deserved it and you earned it it's it's well worth the wait to as we mentioned we are just one week away you can experience marvel studios black widow in theaters and on disney plus with premiere access additional fee required on july 9th Get, get your popcorn and save it. Get, make your popcorn right now and save it for the week. It'll be fine. I'm pretty sure that's how popcorn works. Mm, I would just wait. You sure? <laughs> yep. I okay. just wait. Get your popcorn on. Get your uh, sun, sunglasses. Is that how you watch movies? <laughs> We, we have completely forgotten how to human at the movies, but we're excited to learn once again. There was also like a press conference that happened earlier this week. You can get the details on the site, some little tidbits about the film that were shared there. There's more like posters and various, you know, featurettes and, and, and cool images and everything. It's happening. It's coming your way very soon. I have a very important question for you, Ryan, though. What is your movie theater food order? All right. I would get a large popcorn with yeah. butter like yeah. you got to give me butter in the middle butter on the top so i feel like i'm dying i want yeah. all that butter i also need chocolate to go with it so that i can like double fist one hand is putting chocolate into my face the other is putting popcorn so you get that chocolate popcorn feel at the same time um that is very similar to my order which is the biggest popcorn that you can put in front of me layered with too much butter i will also salt that because i do not have any sort of care about my life. I am willing to risk it all for a movie. Also, I like a junior mint. I put a junior mint into oh. the hot popcorn and oh. then it melts and it turns into salty, oh. buttery chocolate mint popcorn balls. And it is, honestly, if you have really hot popcorn and you put the junior mints in, that is the best thing in the world. You cannot tell me otherwise. And then I wash it down with some sort of enormous soda and then I can't stand up at the end of the movie because I've drank too much and I am in physical pain. Ooh. See, I don't drink soda, so I I only have water. But the water keeps me pure so that I can have more popcorn and chocolate. That's how I pretty much imagine it works. It's not the movies unless I feel sick at the end. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's talk about podcast stuff. Yeah, Marvel's Wastelanders old man Star Lord is bopping about the dystopian future already up to episode six which is titled trust exercise and this show is just a really cool look at sort of this dystopian future it's kind of an old westy vibe and i think we might actually have a clip let's take a listen this is amazing something is approaching let me amplify the sound of its progress there's always hope what is that Incoming Doombot. Doom led an uprising long ago. Let there be 
just one Doomba. You can't arrest all of them, right? Why aren't they doing anything? They could still toss a few rocks, make a break for it. Are you seeing this, everyone? Here he is now. It's proxy anyway, no doubt. This doom bot is going to tell us to shut up and go home. But are we going to? This is going to end poorly. And of course, you can listen to the entire episode on SiriusXM or wherever you get your podcast. Go check it out. Six episodes. That's like a whole lot of show. So if you haven't caught up, go listen to the first six episodes now. Yeah. And if you want even more of that old man Star-Lord goodness, uh, you can also check out Marvel's Pullist, one of the other shows that I host. And we had writer... Ben Percy on Ben wrote this season of Marvel's Wastelanders Old Man Star-Lord and in the reading club we talk about the Old Man Quill comic book that was sort of part of the basis for coming up with the world of Marvel's Wastelanders um, some of the references there but really talk about his love of westerns his just big manly manliness um, <laughs> all kinds of wonderful look Ben Percy is 1000% man you can't tell me any different he's the best that voice is unreal like yeah. The first time I heard his voice, it's it's like when you hear a bass sing in a barbershop quartet and they have their solo and they're like, bah, bah. like, I don't have a bass voice, so I can't pay it off. But it's that level of bass all the time. And it blows my mind. Yeah. Also, our picks for the week on the show included Beta Ray Bill number four, United States of Captain America number one. And then the two X books that came out this week, Cable number 11, which is so good, kind of brought me to tears and made me text Jerry Duggan and Phil Noto because there's a really sweet moment with Cable and and Hope and so like look being a dad of a, of a little girl I just I'm easily destroyed by by those kinds of stories nowadays but also Lorraine there's a big moment that happens this week in X Factor and so if you haven't read your comics yet if you haven't been spoiled read your comics please yes Oh, there's also some other great stuff coming up for comics. We are starting to get some teases about what's coming for the future in the coming months. In October, there is going to be Amazing Spider-Man number 75, and it's going to be a big boy. It's going to be a big old issue, and it's going to have a bunch of awesome creators working on that story. Kelly Thompson, Saladin Ahmed, Cody Ziegler, Patrick Gleason, and Zeb Wells are all going to team up, and it's going to be thrice- that's three times monthly, and it's going to shake up the Spider-Man mythos in a really big way. Ben Riley's going to return. Yeah. Um, the Beyond Corporation, mm -hmm. which is from Next Wave. Look, I'm so excited for this. Saladin, yeah. great. Patrick Gleason, been doing great work. Zeb Wells, wonderful. Kelly Thompson, for my money, is... The jam. Like, just top three of my favorite writers right now. Her Black Widow book is... Maybe my favorite book we're publishing. Her Captain Marvel is consistently great. What mm -hmm. she's going to be doing here with the team on Amazing Spider-Man, just going to continue to elevate her. But I want to talk about Cody Ziegler. Cody is like the new kid on the block for Marvel. He's only done a couple stories for us, but he's written for like Rick and Morty and a bunch of other comedy stuff. He's a great follow on Twitter. I think he might be the breakout star here. He's the one who will come out of this and you'll be like, oh yeah, of course I love Cody Ziegler's work. 
He's terrific. But that's not all. Coming much sooner, July 21st, we're going to get an oversized Captain Marvel number 30. This is really cool. It is going to be an awesome issue, again, written by Kelly Thompson, who you were just talking about. But it's also going to feature a special story that is written and drawn by Jamie McKelvey, one of my favorite artists of all time and the original designer of Captain Marvel's extremely iconic flight suit, you know, the the, the outfit that we think of her in mm-hmm. nowadays. I'm really excited to see that because Jamie is an amazing storyteller visually, and I'm really excited to see him write the story as well. If you're not reading Captain Marvel, you're missing out on great comic books. It's 30 issues so far, which is just amazing, and hopefully we get tons, tons more. Read these comics. Get hyped. Also, get hyped for The Last Annihilation, which is this big sort of universal event spanning a bunch of different comics, and it's just been revealed that Dormammu is the big bad in this. So you take Dormammu, who's this mystical Doctor Strangey type villain, put him in space, and that's terrifying. It really begins in uh, July 21st in Guardians of the Galaxy number 16. Uh, we're going to get into that. It goes through uh, a whole bunch of other titles. It's going to cross over with Sword. It's going to cross over with a new Cable series, a whole bunch more. This one is big, weird, epic space stuff that you just you want to read. If you like Annihilation, you know, the, the main crossover mm-hmm. that really kicked off the, the Guardians of the Galaxy and all of our cosmic stuff almost 15 years ago, you're going to love this one. Yeah, I'm really excited for this because, you know, Storm is in this new position where she's the queen of soul, mm-hmm. ruling that that X-Men space in space. So I'm really excited to see how that all comes together as well. This just got me thinking I want an Aretha Franklin song about Storm. So the queen of soul writing a song about the queen of soul. my brain imploded (laughs) i know uh all right those are some comic stuff we were hyped about this week let's talk about some books because some new books were announced Mm -hmm. this week there's witches unleashed which is one of the novels in our marvel untold series this one will be written by carrie harris and is out november 2nd and it stars johnny blaze aka ghost rider johnny you know he just doing his thing riding around his little scooter and unfortunately he released lucifer from hell as he often does. (laughs) But it's really cool because there's going to be a bunch of witches that are going to step in to help him, hence Witches Unleashed, including Jennifer Kale, Satana Hellstrom, and Topaz to hunt down that fragment of Lucifer that has animated the body of Jennifer Kale's cousin, Magda. A lot of witch fun. Also, I love this because it's going to be out November 2nd. As you know, I get hyped with all of the Halloween movies and things all October. So this Mm -hmm. is well-timed for my spooky fall sojourn. Heck yeah. Also, another book announced this week is Marvel by Design, which is coming out in September. And uh, the line for this one is that this book explores the history of Marvel's visual language by dissecting the logos, layout templates, typography, covers, and other visual elements, as well as the influence it has had on graphic design, art, advertising, and more. It's an essential title to understand not only comic history, but also the language of pop culture. I am so hyped for this. I Mm -hmm. love these kinds of like deep dives into the thinking of visual language behind things, you know, and and seeing this actually explored for our comics and our comic history and how that's affected so, so, so much over the last 80 years. I'm very excited for this book. Yeah, I think this is going to be such a cool book for people who are interested in the making of comics, for people who are interested in art, who 
I don't know. This is just going to be such a, a game-changing book because I really haven't seen anything like this around. So look out for it this September. Yeah. Also coming in the near future, Marvel Future Revolution. Ryan, mm-hmm. how was the world premiere live stream? It was terrific. Yeah, we had uh, the first of several live streams we're doing with Marvel Future Revolution. If you don't know what the game is, it is Marvel's first open world action RPG on mobile it is one of the prettiest games you'll ever mm-hmm. see. It is, it's nuts. It looks so good. It's ridiculous that it's a mobile game because I think, you know, we, we've lived through 8-bit, right? And mobile games and like early Game Boy games, I think we're still sort of like conditioned to be like, oh yeah, like I'm happy with whatever graphics, but these are so crazy. It looks like a console game. It's nuts. Yeah, it, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful game and it's a lot of fun. Open world action RPG. If you like just getting in there and leveling up your character and beating up on bad guys and doing fun stuff with a great story. It's going to have all that. Uh, if you miss the stream, you can rewatch it on Marvel's YouTube, our social channels on Marvel.com. We reveal details about the story because there's these five worlds within the game. There's some really wild stuff that happened. There are eight playable characters at launch. Captain America, Spider-Man, Captain Marvel, Doctor Strange, Iron Man, Star-Lord, Black Widow, and most importantly, Storm. Yeah, girl. She's in there. Uh, They're all available at launch. We talked about the battle content a little bit. We give a world premiere of gameplay and more. It's really fun. It's really cool. I think what Marvel Games and NetMarble have been doing and and working on this game for the last couple of years is really, really neat. Uh, You can go pre-register for the game now through the Google Play Store if you're on Android, on the Apple App Store if you're on iOS, or just go to MarvelFutureRevolution.com and you can see there's uh, some special stuff for you pre-registering, some cool costumes for your character that you're going to use. Yeah, do it, do it, do it. Also, Ryan, uh, Mm -hmm. I heard you got a sweet in for the Hasbro Marvel Legends set. Yeah. So, Lorraine, I was thinking about doing this while we're on video. We're recording this early. No one has seen this but me and, like, maybe, like, five people. I'm going to show it to you. I don't want you to say what it is. Okay. But I want your genuine reaction when I open this. So... On my social (gasps) channels on July 2nd at noon, I'm revealing a Marvel Legends set. And uh, they were really cool. They let me have the prototype to show off. I'm going to open it up. Oh, wow. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's a really beautiful set. It's really cool. You'll you'll see all the details on my social pages. That's Agent M on Twitter and Instagram. We'll put up pictures and more stuff on Marvel.com to follow up on all that. But it is among the greatest toy sets of all time that is so great that is chef's kiss Lorraine, it is time for our interview section of the show. We talked a little bit about the X-Books earlier in the show. And of course, we've been talking about the Hellfire Gala across all the X-Men titles recently. And so this week, our guest is Jordan D. White, the senior editor of the X-Men comics. Uh, Last week, we were hoping that Leah Williams, writer of The Trial of Magneto and X-Factor, could join us. But she just got super busy, and it's more important for her to write her comics so that everyone listening can read her (laughs) amazing comics. So she couldn't join us, but we're definitely going to have her on in the future. But what do we talk about with Jordan this week? So if you are behind on your X-Men comics, this is the moment for you because he's going to talk us through, give us a little primer on basically everything you need to know to be reading the Hellfire Gala and beyond. 
Plus, he goes into a whole bunch of stuff behind the scenes of the Hellfire Gala, uh, all the different storylines that are going through, all the important things that happen, the stuff that you need to know, and a lot of the cool stuff that, you know, I got to learn also along the way just about how it came into being. Also in this interview, a lot of spoilers about the Hellfire Gala. So just be warned if you haven't read all of the Hellfire Gala comics yet, there might be some little spoilers in there. Um, We try to preface it, but just be warned. Mm-hmm. Jordan D. White, what a just a absolute delight. He's a sweet man. Great mustache. Let's let's hear from his mustache right now. Jordan D. White, welcome back to this week in Marvel. How you doing? Good, good. It's been a while. A little yeah. bit. With that in mind, Jordan, can you please introduce yourself and let us know what your role at Marvel is? Oh, sure. I'm Jordan D. White. I am a senior editor at Marvel. I work on the X-Books. Been at Marvel almost 14 years, and I've worked on lots of different things. Before X-Men, I was doing Star Wars. I was doing Deadpool. I did Daredevil for a little while. I've done a, a ton of different things. Let's go way back, though. What is your Marvel origin story? What was the first thing that allowed you to encounter the Marvel Universe? Oh, as a reader. As a human being. As a human being, not as a worker. (laughs) No, Um, you get to be a whole human here. Great. Well, honestly, it's before I was able to form memories properly. So I've kind of always loved comics and I've always loved Spider-Man, most of all. I remember reading Spider-Man comics... uh, you know, as a, a tiny little, little person in a time when I should not have been able to remember it. Cause, well, cause here's the thing. I remember being excited about Craven's last hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys know what year that was? Cause uh, 84. Yeah. That's what I, I thought. That means I was four. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get it. I, yeah. I was like, oh, but like, cause it was like multiple parts. And I remember being like, what? It goes on to all the other books. Like, what are you talking about? Oh my God, we have to get those. So, oh, fact yeah. check 1987, but still. No, okay. Really? That was, way long. That then I was slightly, are you, are you sure? Were you able to read a full comic book at four years old though? That's oh, pretty no. wild. No, for sure. No, uh, it would have been my dad reading it to me oh, okay. at that age, which I do remember happening. It was 87. All right. All right. Wow. Listen, 87 is still. A long You're time still ago. a baby. I was still seven years old. So we, we established that you are a lifelong Marvel fan, and now you are one of the stewards of all of the X-Men comics. Can you please give us a brief primer, particularly on the last few years of X-Men comics, starting with House of X and Powers of Ten? Why are you smiling at me like that, Jordan? Because you're asking me to summarize. It's a huge question. Comics. <laughs> It's a lot of comics. Uh, So let's talk about what happened. So the X-Men are mutants, right? It is a different species or possibly subspecies as humans. And since the the 60s, their, their thing has kind of been that they are hated and feared by those they protect, that they are trying to do their best not every single mutant, but for the X-Men at the very least, trying to do their best in the, for the world. But the world doesn't trust mutants. The world doesn't like mutants. They're afraid of them, and they do a lot of things to hurt them. That went on for a really, really long time, and it's still going on. But in House of X and Powers of Ten, the mutants went a different direction than they've ever gone before. They tried something new. They tried something bold, and they founded the nation of Krakoa. They used a, lot, a whole bunch of political and real like world market <laughs> capitalism leverage to get recognized officially as a nation and to get amnesty for all mutants to come to Krakoa 
declare themselves citizens and be forgiven for all past crimes or, or indiscretions or whatnot. So that includes the good guys, but that also includes the bad guys who've done some terrible things. They set up a council. They have made themselves a world power. They are part of the way they got this to happen is they're giving these medicines to the world that, that help heal the sick and, and help with diseases of the mind and all these different things. They have these portals made out of plants that they can walk through that humans can't walk through, but mutants can walk through and just go from anywhere on earth or even anywhere in, in anywhere. They, they, they literally have ones on other planets in other galaxies. So that was like this big giant play that they, that they made. There's a whole bunch of secret stuff underneath all that, that I guess I don't need to talk about right now. You should check out house of X and powers of 10 because it's Those things are not relevant to what we're, here to talk about, I don't think, but they are going to be huge very soon. Anyway, since then, the nation of Krakoa has had a bunch of ups and downs. You know, it's like kind of a paradise for mutants, but it's not actually perfect. There's a lot of, you know, learning curves. Oh, right. There was this other big thing. They stopped dying. They beat death. They developed the ability that if a mutant dies, they can be resurrected completely. So mutants don't die anymore. Now, mutants making this big play also made humans make their own big play. There's this thing called Orcus, which is humans from all sorts of different places who are going like, if the mutants ever rise up, here's what we're going to do to stop them. And they're trying to stop them. They actually just recently finished building Nimrod, which if you don't know, Nimrod is like the ultimate sentinel kind of, who is real bad news for all mutant kind. Uh, they were trying to prevent that. They failed. Oh, gosh, what else? What else are the big, big, big things? I mean, those are the biggest of the big things, but... Krakoa is the island that they live on is also a mutant. And then there was a sister island with a, a whole Oh, host. yeah, that's pretty important. <laughs> There's a lot. Listen, you're asking a lot. I know. I wasn't I prepared love to tell comics. all of this. It's yeah. great. It's great. So, uh, yes, thousands and thousands of years ago, before any of the stuff we've talked about, there was one island. It was called Okara. And on this island, the mutants of that time, led by Apocalypse, and actually led by his wife, Genesis, lived there with this mutant island. And they became attacked by this uh, these demons from another darker dimension, which we call Amenth. And long story short, in order to stop that from happening and destroying the whole island, the island ended up being split in two, into Krakoa and Arako. And Arako was sent into the other dimension, along with Genesis and Apocalypse's children, war, death, pestilence, and famine. Great names for your kids. <laughs> like Very obviously, sweet. <laughs> if you're gonna have four kids, I almost there you named go. my daughter Pestilence, but I was like, oh, there's already a Pestilence in the comics. It's like, do people will think I'm just like really too much of a fan? <laughs> so that happened uh, like a zillion, zillion years ago. More recently, since the founding of the nation of Krakoa, which Apocalypse is, is back on and was on the council of. Apocalypse was trying to reunite the island and reunite with his family. That's that's one of the things he's been doing all this time, it turns out. His attempts to do that corresponded with them actually also reaching out to Earth, but it turns out not to reunite in a happy, pleasant way, but in a terrible, conquery way. And that resulted in the really crazy, amazingly awesome crossover Ten of Swords, which starts by saying... The X-Men need to find 10 swords and then becomes so much crazier than anyone could expect. But what it does do is it ends with that island of Arako coming back to our 
world to Earth in Earth 616. So then it tries to reunite with Krakoa, and it turns out all those years have made them too different. They can't form back into one island. Oh, and the other problem is Arako is much bigger than Krakoa, and it has literally millions of mutants on it who have been living in a culture of unending war for millennia. <laughs> so they're not so super... very simple, <laughs> extremely simple. Yeah. So 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 they, they don't like exactly uh, uh, just fit into Earth's culture the way you, you you'd hope. So that's one of the problems that was uh, bubbling before the Hellfire Gala. And now we've just had the Hellfire Gala. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about the Hellfire Gala. For anyone who's not familiar, what is the Hellfire Gala? Just to keep this this priming going. <laughs> <laughs> let's prime about that. That one's much easier to explain. It's a giant party that the mutants are throwing, that the nation of Krakoa is throwing. They're having it on this little island that they claimed uh, that is not Krakoa. They have taken control of it for this purpose. They actually built this place that the gala has taken place, like whatever it was, six, eight months ago, and nobody knew what it was for, but we did. So anyway, they're having this big party. They're inviting all their friends and allies. They're also inviting their enemies and going, hey, this is a chance for diplomacy and to show off a little bit. And everybody's thinking to show off fashion-wise because they're wearing crazy clothes. Yeah. Well, yes, of course. But actually, there's a much bigger show-off that they they have planned for the, the Hellfire Gala, which has come out, but I'm not sure how spoilery you want to get here. We'll probably get a little spoilery because this will be out after the entirety of the Hellfire Gala. And every week in the issues of the gala, there's been some sort of big thing that has happened. And I, I do want to sort of talk about all that stuff, particularly in this final week of the gala, in the final week of June. Some big stuff has happened. So if you have not read and caught up and you don't want to be spoiled, please pause the interview now, read your comics, make sure you read the latest issue of X Factor in particular, the final big gala issue, and then we may proceed. Welcome back. <laughs> <laughs> now that you're all caught up, some stuff has happened at the gala. A few things. Now, well, let me ask you, since uh, you didn't help make the, the comics themselves, what do you think was the biggest thing that happened at the gala? One of the things that I love is the way y'all and the, the Xbox have done like this cool sort of cascade and wave of the stories each week. It's there's a bunch of great stories. It's a lot of dramas, a lot of storytelling of different types and relationship stuff. But there's one sort of tentpole kind of thing. It almost feels bigger as you go along. Unfortunately, the the bigger one being the death at the end. But I, I guess for me, it's the Mars of it all with Storm. Yes. Partially because I'm such a Storm is among my favorite Marvel characters. And so seeing her as big boss of space is <laughs> kind of sick. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Jordan, what what would you say is the biggest thing from you and, and like your 10,000 foot view creatively? Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I agree. The mutants declared Mars, now called Arako, the capital of the solar system and appointed Storm the head of it. Like, that's <laughs> That's gutsy. <laughs> I mean, it has intergalactic implications, which yeah. is pretty epic. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. So, okay, let's see. So Jerry Jerry Duggan pitched us doing the Hellfire Gala, and he had actually pitched the idea of planet size, of them terraforming Mars, even before that. But I, think, I don't think they were one idea at the time when he pitched each of them. It was two different things that then came together and became, oh, hold on. It's the gala is where this happens because it becomes this big show, you know, 
moment to strut from mutant kind to go hey, check this out check out what we can do but even then when he pitched that we didn't yet have the piece that it's the capital of the solar system and that storm is going to be the head of it it was just they're going to terraform mars that seems like a cool thing to do <laughs> like <laughs> isn't that awesome it was only through we have like a, a very incredibly collaborative writer's room so to speak we're on slack all the time we zoom all the time we talk all the time as a group and we're always throwing around ideas and coming up with new stuff so i don't even remember whose idea it was to have them say guess what you've got a new capital but as soon as that idea came up the, the conversation quickly turned to who's the president of the galaxy which is how we originally said it we moved away from that term and almost immediately the idea of storm came up and everyone went of course uh, of course it is. And since then, the stories have just flown out of everybody. Like everybody's like, yes, yes, yes. Here's what we can do with this. Here's what we can do with this. It's been so exciting and so terrific. I'm really dying to know. I want to get spoiled now. Okay. I just want to know who the death is. Let's can, do it. Can somebody okay. tell me so I just know? <laughs> Big spoiler time again. Just everybody out there, you well, know. Let me spoil it in a dramatic way for you. Okay, her. thank you. Mm. Thank you. That's what I want. So you read Sword, though. Yes. Which has so many good scenes in it. It has an amazing scene with Doctor Doom and Captain America talking really well done it has the the scene where as you said where storm shows up and is like check me I'm the out captain now <laughs> <laughs> exactly and then it ends with this other surprising scene that i think nobody was expecting which is the scene where where wanda actually comes to the gala wanda maximoff the scarlet witch comes to the gala and has a really tender moment with her former father there's no such thing as a former father but her who she thought had been her father for many years magneto they have a tender moment they dance um and unfortunately, it isn't too long after that that she's found dead. <sighs> <laughs> that wasn't the most dramatic way to like say it at the end. And then she was found dead. <laughs> I just wanted to surprise her a little bit. Yeah. So. All right. I see where we're going with this. Okay. Now I'm hip to the story. Okay. Yeah. So I have a feeling we're going to get to that. But you did mention Jerry Duggan. And I want to talk about how incredibly stacked your creator list is on oh, yeah. all of these books. I mean, it's like guitar solo after guitar solo, just like people doing the coolest stuff. What have been some of the, you know, I know you don't want to choose because they're all super important, but what have been some of your favorite moments from your creative teams and teams you've loved seeing work together throughout the Hellfire Gala? That's a really good question. I mean, again, they are all so good. So yeah. Over on Marauders, you got Jerry Duggan working with, who did that issue? That was Matteo Loli for sure. And he, they've been working together for years. They worked together back on Deadpool as well. They're a terrific team and they nailed it. And they really teed up what the gala was and what it felt like and what it was going to be about in such a fun way. Oh, over in Excalibur, that was a super fun issue because another big thing happened there. The UK is no longer an ally of Krakoa. They're going to get rid of all of their gates. They're saying we're no longer accepting the medicines. We're going to return all the medicines that we've got. And that it has in, is in big part due to what's been going on in Excalibur, the whole idea that they are not happy that they have a mutant Captain Britain. Because now that Betsy Braddock is Captain Britain, she's earned it. And, 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 you know, the people who don't like it have done their best to stop her from being Captain Britain and have failed across the board. Instead, they're saying we're not going to be friends with mutants at all, which is awful. And we got this uh, terrible thing that happened, which was that they also killed Pete Wisdom. Now... I did say that mutants have conquered death, which they have. So he'll be okay. Spoiler. Thank you for assuaging our fears. But there's more to it than that because, uh, you know, he was loyal to Britain. He had 
kind of sided with the UK over Krakoa, not in the sense that he didn't like mutants, but in the sense that he was like, I don't want to abandon my home country to go live there. This is my first allegiance. And it stabbed him in the back. So seeing how he reacts to that is going to be unfortunate for him. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Uh, So there's been some really cool stuff with that. I also think, by the way, I'm just like, my mind is just going through all the things. and There's so many. I feel like I can't talk anymore without talking about how amazing the designs were for this, because we worked with all the artists across all the books to do, I think we did 60 or so different new Hellfire Gala looks for people. Uh, Russell Dodderman did 12, I think. And then all the artists for all the books did like five each, like almost every character you can think of. Not not every character, literally, but an awful lot of them. And Emma Frost got like three. Emma Frost <laughs> did get three. Russell <laughs> turned in three and we were like, can we use all of them? Like, they're amazing. <laughs> she, of course she would, though. It's her. It's like yeah. kind of her party. And she totally. wants a costume change now and then. Oh, and the other big thing we didn't mention is that it, the new team of X-Men was announced. Yeah, that was over in uh, X-Men number 21. In X-Men, jo- Jonathan's last issue of X-Men, Jonathan Hickman, because X-Men is going to be going a new direction. What Jonathan revealed towards the end of Ten of Swords was a thing that if you really thought about it, you'd go, yeah, 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 of course. But I think most people didn't realize, which was that he had been doing a book called X-Men all this time, but he didn't have a team of X-Men in it. It was just people like like Cyclops was in most issues, but he didn't have a team. He would just call on folks and be like, hey, come do this thing with me or whatever. And sometimes it wasn't about him. It was just about important things that were happening on the nation of Krakoa. But as a result of Tenosaur, the Cyclops and Jean got together and said, there needs to be an X-Men and it can't be the military of Krakoa. It needs to be its own thing because it's about being superheroes and doing what's right and protecting and saving people. That's a separate thing from the government of Krakoa. And so at the gala, they linked up everybody's minds. They elected a new team of X-Men and they announced who it was right there live on the spot. And next week, you'll be able to read the first issue of that run. And I think it's going to be amazing. It's the same art team. It's the same whole creative team, actually, that did Planet Size X-Men. But Pepe Larraz and Marte Gracia are knocking it out of the park every single time across the board. So you need to get it just so you can look at the pictures. And then also there's a really good story, but like you'll already be in because of how good the pictures are. So you mentioned Pete Wisdom. We talked about Scarlet Witch. There are multiple deaths that have happened here. It's a party with just tragedy. Like Gabby. I will fight you about Gabby, Jordan. You know how much. Well, she died though. So it's a sad thing. Well, she didn't die. Technically she didn't die at the gala. She just died during the gala. She was elsewhere. But she did, she did uh, die somehow. And as we all know, there are rules on Krakoa. It's because, you know, resurrection is a big deal. Being able to resurrect eternally is a big deal, but it needs to have rules, you know? And one of the rules they have is you don't get to resurrect doubles of people, and that includes clones. So if there's a clone, like, for example, if Gabby was a clone of X-23, let's say, Oh, right. She is. Then you would say she is not eligible for, for resurrection. Sweet, tiny, wonderful, beautiful, little Gabby. Well, that's, I mean, listen. This is rules. personal, Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> I love that character, which is great, which is, which is one of the things that reminds me of why everything that Jordan, you and the team are doing so well is the emotional investment that even me, someone who reads 20 odd comic books a week and has read everything that we've ever done can consistently get wrapped up emotionally in the stories that you're telling. Kudos to you. It upsets me, but that's 
great because I am fully in on what you're doing. Okay, so obviously, like we're talking about all of these stories, there's deaths happening, there's politics happening, there are multiple books happening with multiple characters, with multiple stories, with multiple fashions. A huge shout out to the editors tracking new fashion when everyone has a new look. That's so hard to track and make sure it's all like perfect. It's a lot of work. How do you sort of keep track of all of the books and all of the stories and all of the character looks and all of those things as you put together an arc like this? That's a really good question. And I wish I knew the answer. No, no. I mean, generally <laughs> speaking, it's not easy for this in particular we had to start working really far ahead because, well, like I said, we ended up with like 60 designs, right? And so we needed to, you know, get all of that cleared business-wise ahead of time so that we could get all of those artists, every single one of them, drawing those looks before any of them start drawing interiors because we then need to share all of those looks with each of them. And some of them were ready to draw much earlier than others, you know? So we had to start pretty early so that we could give them that whole packet of going, here are all the characters, include like not just the ones in their book, but also the other ones, because it has to take place at this party. So you don't want everybody in the background of every book to be no one. You want Storm in the background of that issue of New Mutants or, what, or whatever, you know, any, any book. Uh, you want all of the characters appearing everywhere. And so we made that work. We, we were able to get that done so far ahead so we I mean, again we had to get help from you know our talent management department ricky purden folks over there to make sure everything was like smoothed down on the business side of things and then we had to get all the assistant editors all the associate editors all the editors in the office uh, annalise Bissa, my, my associate editor especially put together the whole packet of here's all the looks and we made sure everybody had them that, that, and it was just that that simple it was a lot of work so that's on that side of it. But then you have the story side of it where we had, we're talking about it as a crossover and it kind of is a crossover, but it also kind of isn't in the sense that, well, crossover probably works, but it's not the kind, it's not like 10 of swords. 10 of swords was a, a crossover that was, there are 22 parts to this. Here's part one. Here's part two. If you pick up an issue, it says right on it. This is part five. Great. The gala is not like that. The gala is just, it's, it's an event, but it's an event as in like the actual literal meaning of the word event. Right. <laughs> there is a, a gathering. There is a thing that happens. All of the books take place there, but they're all telling their own stories. And that then had to be coordinated as well. And everybody worked really hard. We made a giant timeline. Like we had everybody add in there, you know, here, I'm going to have this happen here, 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 and here. Oh, we'll have to move that to there because, you know, like stuff about, well, the Omegas all have to leave the party at some point. So what, when does that take place? Oh, that's here. Well, hold on. It can't be quite there because we need a scene with Quentin doing this after that. Oh, okay. So then it has to be down here. When does the election happen? Well, the election is up here and blah, blah, blah. like all of that stuff had to be coordinated across the whole thing. Nightcrawler has to throw up on someone at this point as opposed <laughs> to this point. Absolutely. So I had that worked out. So I was like, I want to do a thing where he vaguely remembers a couple of things happening. Let's talk about what he can have done and where and when. And we worked all of those details out. Well, I love it so much because it's like when you go to a wedding with a bunch of your friends and you look at one person's photo roll of like all their stuff. And then you look at somebody else's and it's like a different story from a different angle, but you're all at the same place. Like that was 100% what that experience was like for me. And I'll tell you, when we first started talking about it, we ended up having to abandon this pretty early on. When we first started talking about it, everybody wanted to not tell anyone we were going to do it. 
Everybody wanted to just go, let's just do it where all of a sudden the books come out and everybody's like, these are all the thing, but, and then just never announce it ahead of time. And we ended up going, I feel like sales and marketing will murder us. <laughs> Speaking of that. And I think the most important thing that happened in all of the Hellfire Gala is that Lorraine, James Monroe, Iglehart, and myself had a cameo in X-Force number 20. It's something that the internet has been ablaze about. Obviously, <laughs> it's been a lot of fun to see who's who's been showing up in the books. And how do those pieces get sorted behind the scenes? Because I'm sure that's a whole other thing. Yeah, that was actually the idea of our friends in sales and marketing. They they came to us and said, what do you think? Like, would you be interested? We, you know, we obviously we, we talk to real life celebrities who love Marvel. Like, would you be interested in having any of them go to the gala? And we were like, sure. We, we had no idea what we were agreeing to in the sense that we had no <laughs> idea how many, how, what is this going to be? Like, I don't know, five, 10, like, what are we going to get? It was significantly more than that. <laughs> and it was uh, really neat. We had like so many folks, so many folks, like a, t a ton of great comedians. Uh, Seeing Paul Conan O'Brien in there was Conan amazing. There. Who else? Jason Manzoukas, uh, mm -hmm. Paul Shear. A certain head of uh, Marvel Studios. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that happened. That happened. Uh, that was pretty cool as well. And I think that was pretty well received. It was very cool, like what he does in the issue as well. Right. John, because, yeah, that's the thing is that a lot of the cameos are just cameos, you know, like, oh, look, mm. there's George R. R. Martin. What's he doing? I, he's hanging out at the party. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> but Jonathan was very specific. He was like, I'll put him in. And uh, in addition, here's another th thing I don't think everybody knows. In that same scene, just before that, there's a guy who's trying to get a drink at, a, at the bar and, mm -hmm. and uh, he can't get the attention of the bartender. That's our Marvel Unlimited fan. That was a... Do you remember there was that whole contest yeah. to come to the gala? Mm -hmm. That was uh, our friend there. That's awesome. So he got he got lines. He appeared more than Eminem. <laughs> <laughs> but you also were at the gala. Uh, I was I'm sure you've you've made many appearances in in Marvel comics. Who did you hang out with at the gala? At least in your head canon, if not what we see on the page. Who did you mingle with? Well, I mean, I want to say that I hung out with like Kate Pride and and Doug Ramsey and. I was going to say Rachel Summers. Her costume's a little scary, and I'm a little afraid to get cut by it. But, but she can retract the spikes telepathic uh, with her telekinesis. Would she? <laughs> oh, just would she just give enough. her a wide berth. But she's got Amazing Baby. You would That's have true. to pet Amazing Baby. Yes. And also, I mean, you know, I, I want to say I hung out with all of the the old Excalibur folks because they're all my favorites. But there's so many cool people. I was going to say some of them are, are more are more frightening. You want to you want to get a good look at Storm Scala outfit because it's awesome. But then it's also there is a weather system and you might get hit with lightning. <laughs> yeah. You have like a very real fear of the X-Men. You fear and love them. Um, sure. Opposite of most humans. Um, <laughs> um, now, I think one of the things that's really unique about the Hellfire Gala compared to like a lot of other X-Men events is that there's a lot of drama and talking you know there's like a lot of stuff sort of simmering under the surface that's also there in a way that's really fun and exciting you know there's a lot of character development there's a lot of really fun banter is is that any different for you when you're editing a story that has so much dialogue well i mean sure yeah yeah i mean we always want to make sure we try to find a balance mm -hmm. uh between physical action drama and emotional drama as well. The gala as a concept, I think, definitely tilts a little bit more towards the dialogue type drama. But 
that said, there was always there was some action. I mean, oh, not, yeah. not always, always, but the, you know, there was Deadpool showing up for <laughs> his own ridiculous reasons. But then also all the the fights that resulted as of from Beast uh, screwing up big time. He does that sometimes. And then you know, Planet Science is action. It's just a different kind of action. It's not so much of a fight action. I, yeah, I mean, it's definitely a very different way to do it. I mean, I think Jonathan brought a lot of that to the X line. He approaches comic book stories in a different way than a lot of our writers do. And I think working so closely with them really rubs off on all of our writers and makes them want to stretch in different directions and, and do different kinds of things. But yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. I love it because there's a lot of flirting between characters, <laughs> which I love. <laughs> sure. I think for me as a lifelong X-Men fan, that's usually some of most of my favorite stuff is the X-Men stories that are built around the human parts of it, the conversations, the drama, the the angst, the relationships, the, the downtime or like the moments between characters. Yeah, I love to see, you know, a fastball special, but I also love when it's Wolverine sitting down with Nightcrawler and just talking. I think those are some of my favorite things. And this is just such a great story for like getting those beats of characters and little snippets and like also feeling like we're at this party. And I think you you all did a great job of of sort of transporting us there, which was really cool. Well, thank you. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm really happy to hear that. Yeah. We we talked about a number of big things in here, the formation of a new team of X-Men, the uh, Krakoification of Mars, you know, a, a lot of big things, the deaths and stuff. So where's the Hellfire Gala leading us? You said X-Men number one coming out really soon is a big point. What are some other titles and storylines that, you know, you're excited for fans to check out? Oh, I mean, well, first of all, all of them, but uh, <laughs> yes. in specific... Well, you already said X-Men. It's really great. I think it really follows logically from everything that has come before in the Krakoan era, but it also feels a little different than any of that because it is straight up awesome superhero action and the X-Men doing what's right above all, which is what heroes do. So there you go. There's a huge one, obviously, in that we mentioned this little thing where the Scarlet Witch died. Well, that is going to be spinning out into the series The Trial of Magneto not looking great for him. Uh, he said he would fix things. So there you are. That is uh, Leah Williams and Lucas Wernick. It's super dramatic and awesome. And there's a murder and it needs to be investigated. And it's, it needs to be figured out before it becomes an international incident. It's a really exciting series. And I think people will enjoy it a lot. What else do we have going on? I mean, maybe something fire themed. We do have something fire themed. So Jonathan Hickman's Inferno is the month after that. And I can't say too much about it. But what I can say is we know we've shown pretty clearly that it is definitely following up on the plot line in which uh, I mentioned Nimrod came online. Well, Xavier and Magneto had tasked Mystique with destroying Nimrod, stopping it from being activated and told her that if she did that, they would bring her wife back, Destiny. The thing is that they had no intention of doing that because... Moira McTaggart, who, again, this I left out all of this stuff from the House of X explanation, but Moira McTaggart, who is secretly a mutant and is actually one of the three people who has like helped set up Krakoa, and nobody knows about it except Charles and uh, Magneto, she does not want Destiny alive because Destiny in previous lives of Moira, oh man, I'm not going to explain that, but in previous <laughs> lives of Moira, messed with her too much. And so she's like, forget it. No precogs are allowed on the island. So they had no intention of bringing Destiny back, but also... Mystique failed at her mission. So they were like, no, we're not bringing your wife back. And now Mystique is 
really mad. I think Lorraine and I are in the camp of burn it down. Burn it, burn it, burn it. Because you hate the X-Men. Right. You want them all to suffer, right? We're just (laughs) pro-Destiny. We're pro-Mystique. Like, if I put put myself in the shoes of someone and they said, we could bring anybody back. We're bringing everybody back and all their loved ones and everything's going to be great. We're not bringing your wife back. If somebody told me that they could bring, that the possibility was there to bring my wife back, but they weren't, they're going to pay. As I always say, bring back my spouse or I'll burn down your house. Yeah, that's that's on a T-shirt. Lorraine, put that on Zazzle right now. Yeah, let's do it. Well, listen, you're right. Mystique is uh, an unlikely hero of the people, though, because she's not exactly friendly or nice or good at all. <laughs> she's had her moments. She's very direct in her thinking. And that sometimes can Lead be perceived murder. as good or bad. <laughs> As fans are maybe jumping into the event or they want to start the event, what comics would you recommend that they pick up to get them caught up and into the Hellfire Gala and into what's coming next? Obviously, we'd want them to read because we've been putting out these amazing trades, the Dawn of X and the Reign of X trades. They can get into those. But are there any specific issues, you know, because you mentioned Jerry setting things up and and Jonathan building of, of the island, the fortress and those kinds of things? Well, it's tricky because, like I said, the gala isn't a story. It is something in the realm of you know 10 or 11 different stories. They all take place at the gala, but each of them is dealing with their own stuff. So if you were going to just read like the big highlights of the issues, then probably you could get away with going, oh, I'm just going to read maybe X-Men and Marauders, let's say, and maybe touch on S.W.O.R.D. if you want to then also add in the, the Storm revelation as well. But the thing is, for every book in the gala, you're going to want to have read that series. Like, you know what I mean? If you want to read the issue of Excalibur, you'll probably want to know the Excalibur stuff because that's what it's dipping into. I will say thank you for shouting out the Dawn of X and Reign of X books because I think they're so cool. I think it's so neat that you can collect the entire X line in one series of trades. We put all the books that we've, that we've done since House of X. It was the House of X collection. Then you have all of Dawn of X, then you get Ten of Swords, and then after Ten of Swords, you get Reign of X. And I don't think any of those have come out yet, but they've started to be solicited. I do my best. It's not easy, but I personally do my best to try to put the stories in those collections in order. It's really hard. Yeah. (laughs) It's really hard. But I do my best. I'm sure I made mistakes. I'm sure somebody is sitting there going, they say Wolverine is there, but... He, in the issue before he's not and in the issue after he's not I'm I'm confident I screwed up but I tried my best I worked really hard it's getting even harder now the, the post gala issues are even more difficult to schedule because everything is so big but for each of those things let's say in specific right if you want to read the new X-Men series honestly you probably don't have to do a lot of backstory you don't have to do a lot of prep it's real new reader friendly that one you can jump into easy for Trial of Magneto I'd say you probably would be best off reading definitely the issue of sword that just came out the issue of x-factor that just came out you'll probably want to read x-factor so that you can get familiar with the x-factor team because they're going to be involved in this investigation those are probably dynamite book too it's really so good and then for inferno you definitely want to read house of x you probably just want to read all of X-Men, but... When you say House of X, you also mean Powers of Ten. I also mean Powers of Ten. I shorten it to House of X because the collected edition is just House of X. But, sure. 
but yes, both series. But if someone is reading on Marvel Unlimited, which I think we have a, a fair number of people who will read these things on Marvel Unlimited, they may not be paired together in the the weird structure of that. Yes. App. If that's the case, definitely read them both. And also make sure you pay close attention to the read order at the back of every issue. So you know which one to read next. You probably want to read all of X-Men, but if you don't want to read all of X-Men, you could get by with just the, the two mystique focused issues probably, which is, well, those are the most important ones anyway, which is, I want to say six and 20, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. The point being, you should read every single X-Men yes. comic that has come out over the last year and a half. Almost two years. In fact, I think it's two years next month, July. Wow. Wow. Well, yeah, read every single comic. If you're a Marvel Unlimited subscriber, we make it really easy for you to catch up aside from the last three months of comics. And then, you know, they come out. You'll be great. Right as rain. Thank you so much, Jordan. It was such a pleasure talking with you. And of course, folks can always check out the Hellfire Gala primer that I think is just free for most places that you can mm-hmm. read. And it has the whole reading order for Hellfire Gala and also a wonderful key of who's wearing what. Yeah. And a little interview with Emma Frost. Yeah. So So 10 out of 10 all around. 10 swords out of 10 swords. Perfect. (laughs) Thanks, Jordan. My pleasure. Big thanks once again to Jordan. Let's move on with the show. We're going to get into our community section in a second. But first, our question of the week. So next week, we have on Eric Monticelli and Mary DeMarle, who are working on Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy video game that was recently announced during E3. Eric, of course, is uh, on the Marvel Games team. Mary is on the writing staff and sort of heading up all the narrative stuff for Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. So easy softball question for everybody. What is your favorite Marvel game of all time? I say that as an easy softball question. Then I'm like, oh, man, I have like eight. Yep, just one. There can only be one. No. Only no. one. That's it, Ryan. I I don't know that I would say this is my favorite game of all time, but I got weirdly addicted to Marvel Zoom Zoom. Oh, I miss Marvel Zoom Zoom. Oh, man, that was a good time. But you can tweet us your answers using hashtag This Week in Marvel. Email them to twinpodcasts at marvel.com. Or you could send us a message on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash thisweekinmarvel. And as always, please tell us if it is quote unquote okay to read so that we can potentially read it on the show. Yeah. So my answer would probably depend on the day or the mood I'm in. Sometimes yep. it's Marvel Ultimate Alliance. Sometimes it's Marvel Spider-Man. Sometimes it's the 90s Spider-Man game for Sega Genesis and Sega CD. What What about the X-Men arcade game? I love the X-Men arcade game, but I actually prefer the Spider-Man arcade game mm, to the X-Men arcade game. Spicy. Spider-Man has not only Spider-Man, it has Hawkeye, which is fine, but it has Black Cat. And it has Namor. And you have to fight Doctor Doom. And it's freaking great. And I really wish I had a cabinet of it in my house right now. Oh, man. I love that game so much. Anyway, those are some of our picks. Let us know, like Lorraine said. Now, Lorraine, what is our question that we are getting answers for this week? We asked y'all, if you were the Hellfire Gala, who would you want to mingle with? Mm. And we got some great answers here. Um, First up, we have one from Figgy999 at Figgy999. I would presume the hosts of This Week at Marvel would be there, so I'd want to mingle with them. Yeah, um, honestly, we are not going to be the most popular people at the party, so I feel like we're going to need you guys to talk to us because obviously, like, everybody's crowding around all the superheroes. So, like, come hang out with us. We'll just, like, people watch. Benji, come on. 
give me a better answer than that. Uh, Figgy <laughs> is a, a friend of mine. Come on, give me a real answer, Benji. Let's keep going. We've got Kirk D'Amato at Kirk says, I'd go looking for Howard the Duck. And then when I'd realize he wasn't there, I'd lurk in the corner and tweet about how disappointed I was that Howard the Duck wasn't there. Oh, but like, I know Kirk D'Amato very well. And this is extremely on brand and also kind of on brand for Howard the Duck. Yeah. Oh, poor Howard. Wah. Wait, what is it? Wah. Wah. It's like a wah. wah. <laughs> uh, we're here to do any sound effects needed for Howard the Duck in any form of media. Thank you. <laughs> Don't call us, we'll call you. Uh, next up, we have Law at Soda Bee, which says probably Nightcrawler or Wolverine to see who can outdrink who. I'm not passing out first. <laughs> um, I'm going to tell you Wolverine's going to win. Yeah, period. Wolverine is definitely going to win. Uh, obviously drinking juice. Yes. Nightcrawler, if you've been reading the Hellfire Gala, he had a night. Yeah. So definitely check out Way of X to see what his night really looked like. Joe B1 Cannoli at J underscore Baloney says, The history buff in me says Logan, since he's lived through a good chunk of it, but he was probably too drunk throughout to remember anything, even if his memories are restored. So I'll say either Sinister or Emma Frost, since they'd have the hot goss. Oh, man. Oh, what is that scene where it's like the diplomats are talking to Sinister and then they realize who, like that he's... An, an evil geneticist murderer yeah. and he's like no don't go no still hang out with me i'm cool <laughs> he would also like emotionally eviscerate you within seconds he would Truly. say something so cutting sinister would be real mean i was thinking about how stressed i would be that everyone could read my mind i would be like think cool thoughts think cool thoughts <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, we have Caroline Cosplay at Caroline Cosplay, which says, Hellions, it wasn't even a real party until they showed up. Not wrong. Yeah. Those kids are fun. Jess at Candyholic Jess says, Emma Frost, dangerous but beautiful. Not sure if her sassy self would answer my questions, but I'd get a kick out of her reading my thoughts. Jess, I don't think, I think you, 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 you anticipate that going very differently than it probably would. It would be really fun, though, to just be like, Hey, Emma, can you hear what I'm thinking? Hey, you don't Emma. have to whisper in your thoughts. Hey, I only whisper in my thoughts. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have one from Murphy Alexander at Murphy Alexander, which says, obviously, the Hellions, they seem fun to party with. And someone needs to keep an eye on Alex Umbers. <laughs> it might as well be me. Wow. Not wrong. Did not expect that many votes for the Hellions. That's I two. Know. More than I expected. But good on y'all. Havoc Core at Havoc underscore Core says Cyclops, Havoc, and Vulcan. Maybe I'll score an invite to the after party at the Summers Brothers Moon House. Yeah, I don't remember seeing Vulcan at the party. Oh, he he he's there. I believe he's there on Mars. Yeah, he's outside the party, but he's in the issues. All right, next up we have Lenka at Alenka Phoenix, which says definitely going to choose Psylocke, Polaris, Jean, and Storm. Might start a girl's talk a little bit, lol. <laughs> well, yeah, that's, that is, that's the after party I want to be at. Yeah. I want to sit there. I want to take off our heels together. I want to put on a sheet mask and just be like, that was a crazy party, right? Yeah. Next one is from Oh Wow at Keenan Lance Keenan says the dream team Captain Britain Frenzy and Dr. Nemesis we'd have a ball that's a good crew to sort of hang out with although I don't know that they would hang out in the same circles yeah. um, at the at the party like Captain Britain like he's kind of like hanging around with Megan most of the party Frenzy is she's doing a whole bunch of stuff she's she's very busy right now and Dr. Nemesis he's such a jerk and I love him yeah 
Next up, we have Carefree Black Poison at Carefree Blurred, which says Sink, M, Storm, Rogue, Jean, especially since we're hitting the after party together anyways. Oh, that's <laughs> a good crew right there. Mm-hmm. At Suzumu says Sink because he's a star of the new X-Men roster. Sink is a brilliant mutant with an incredible amount of wisdom and battle prowess. Spending time in his presence would be divine. I like that. Also, his outfit is oh. sick. Oh, the rainbow like effect coming off mm-hmm. of it, like his powers. You know what it reminds me of a little bit, mm. but like in a good way, <laughs> is in the 90s when there were those like silver shirts, like men wore those silver button down shirts that like would get oh, rainbow yeah. in them. Oh, yeah. You did it. You had one. Don't uh, lie. I'm going to go order one right now. <laughs> All right. Next up, we have an email from Bilal Elayan, uh, which says, hey, guys, now I am not the type of person to make a scene, but the first thing I would do at the Hellfire Gala is confront Charles Xavier about Destiny and ask why she has not attended the gala. Mystique and Destiny have a bond that cannot be separated forever. And what Charles is doing to them in order to preserve his quote unquote utopia is heartless and only delaying the inevitable. If this is a place for all mutants to live in peace, where are the precog mutants? I would spot Kate Pride as I am walking away and agree with her. Professor X is a jerk. Thanks. Bilal, P.S. I would still grab some food and drinks and say hi to you guys before I leave. That would be the polite thing to do. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like we are we're helping turn people onto the side of of destiny and uh, mystique here. Yeah. All right. We have an email from Dylan, which says. With the TVA's technology, I agree with Ryan eating food from the past and the future. But while I'm eating all that food, I would like to see what Marvel was like back in the day and see what is to come of it in the future. That's a really cool idea mm-hmm. to go to the office when it was like in the Empire State Building or when it like was in different places when the bullpen was there. Oh, to meet a young flow. With that in mind, that's a wrap for us. This episode of This Week in Marvel was produced by Alexis Williams, Zachary Goldberg, Isabella Robertson, Lorraine Sink, and Ryan Panagos. Our audio development manager is Brad Barton. And Jill DeBoff is our director of audio. Special thanks to Captain America's Fireworks. Celebrate his birthday with a bang. Captain America's Fireworks because explosions and America, right? That's right, Lorraine. (laughs) I'm Ryan. I'm Lorraine. This is Marvel your universe.